Welcome to the Effortless English Show with the world's number one English teacher, AJ Hogue, where AJ's more than 40 million students worldwide finally learn English once and for all without the boring textbooks, classrooms, and grammar drills. Here's AJ with a quick piece to help you learn to speak fluent English effortlessly. I'm AJ Hogue, the author of Effortless English, Learn to Speak English Like a Native. Go to EffortlessEnglishClub.com. Join my VIP program at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. Effortless English Book Club today. Today's show, continuing our second book of the book club, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. Today, we will learn Chapter 3. Chapter 3 of Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. And of course, the purpose of this book is to teach us how to become rich, how to be rich. We're live on Facebook today, tonight. It's actually night here in Osaka, Japan, where I'm talking to you from. Welcome to all of you who are joining live. Now, as usual, with the live show, people watching live, I will come to your comments and your questions at the end of the show. We do comments and questions at the end of the show. So be patient while we learn Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Chapter 3, and then I'll answer some questions and comments later. So if you, while I'm talking about Chapter 3, if you have questions, you might even write them down and then put, type them in later in the show. Let's do it. Let's start. Chapter 3. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, continuing with Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Let's learn more about money and getting rich. From Robert Kiyosaki, Chapter 3, the title, Mind Your Own Business. Mind Your Own Business. Now, immediately, this is an idiom, by the way, an American idiom. I don't know, if probably British, too. Very, 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 very common, mind your own business. And so, Robert Kiyosaki is being a little clever actually, with this title, because it has two meanings. It has two meanings in this chapter, mind your own business. The, so let me give you the, the two meanings of this phrase. Meaning number one means to focus on yourself. Focus on yourself, not on other people. Right? For example, Someone starts to ask you a lot of personal questions. Hey, you know, how much money do you make? What are you doing? And they start, they're really like focused on personal information about you. You could tell them, mind your own business. Mind your own business. It means it's, it's, not, it's not your concern, right? It's, you should not be asking me these questions. Focus on yourself. Focus on yourself. S stop trying to... Focus on me. Stop focusing on other people. Mind your own business means worry about yourself. Don't worry about other people. Focus on yourself. Don't focus on other people. That's meaning number one. The, more, the very general meaning. In this chapter, mind your own business, he's, it, it can also mean, and what Robert Kiyosaki is, is saying with this chapter title, is to Focus on your business, your real business, not me, not your life in general, but an actual business that makes money, right? So he's saying, 
Mind means uh, focus on and take care of. Focus on and take care of. So he's saying, focus on and take care of your own business. So this means in a general way, it means focus and take care of your own life. But very specifically, it also means focus and take care of a business, right? A business for making money, your business for making money. Okay, then the, the first statement of chapter 3 says, the rich focus on their asset columns while everyone else focuses on their income statements. Aha, so now we're learning another difference between the way rich people think and everyone else. So he's saying that most people focus on their income, right? How much money's coming in? usually from a paycheck. How much are you getting paid? That's your income. That's what most people focus on. That's, they think that's number one, most important. He's saying rich people do not focus on that as number one. For, the, for rich people, number one is their asset column, their assets, how many assets they have, increasing their assets. The rich are more focused on, on increasing their assets rather than just focusing on how much money's coming in. Now, of course, when you increase assets, it also does increase your income. Then moving on for the chapter, he tells a story about Ray Kroc, the founder of McDonald's, kind of founder, co-founder, we might say. He, he bought it from a couple of brothers, but then he really, Ray Kroc really created the McDonald's system and made it into a huge business. And the story in the book here, Robert tells us a story that one time Ray Kroc, founder of McDonald's, gave a speech to business students in Texas. And after the speech, they went, to, went out to eat together and they had a kind of a nice casual conversation. And during the casual conversation, Ray Kroc asked the students a question. He said, what business am I in? What's my business? And all the students laughed, ha, 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 yeah, 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 you know, they thought he was joking because everybody knows that McDonald's sells hamburgers. So he kept asking them, come on, tell me, tell me, what business do you think I'm in? And finally, one student says, well, you're in the hamburger business. Of course, everyone knows you're in the hamburger business. Stop joking. And then Ray Kroc says, well, I knew you would say that, but you're wrong. I'm not in the hamburger business. I'm in the real estate business. And the students were like, oh, what? And then Ray Kroc explained that while McDonald's does make a lot of money from selling hamburgers, of course, and food in general, they also own a huge amount of real estate. In fact, in this, when this book was written, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, they, it says that McDonald's is the biggest, the number one biggest real estate company in the world, meaning they own the most land, not, not size, but in terms of how much the land is worth, how much money, more than the Catholic Church, and that's a lot. <laughs> so he tells this story as a way to show you that sometimes business is not completely obvious. Sometimes there are your assets 
are not completely obvious. So everyone knows McDonald's sells hamburgers and almost everybody thinks that's their number one business. But most people don't realize they also own a huge amount of real estate and really good real estate, you know, real estate in, in very, very good locations, real estate that is worth a lot of money. If McDonald's wants to, for example, if McDonald's decides to close a restaurant, they closed one in San Francisco, for example. Well, because the, they, the real estate's good, they're on a big main road, right? They can sell or probably rent that land and still make good money from the land. Even if their restaurant fails, they can still make money from the land that they own. So that's the point he was making that uh, you have to realize that, you know, at, this is why assets are, can be so powerful. That's kind of the point of the story. And then he connects this story, moving later into the chapter. He talks about most of us, you and me, right? Most normal people. And it's a little bit of a similar idea because um, he says most of us get confused about our profession and our business. So he says, same idea. If he, if Robert Kiyosaki, the writer, says, if I ask most people, if I ask you, what's your business? What business are you in? Right? He says, most people will answer with a job, with a job or a, a job topic or subject. For example, someone who works in a bank. If you ask, what business are you in? Most people working in a bank will say, I'm a banker. Right? Or maybe if they're a lawyer, they'll say, they ask a lawyer, someone with a lawyer degree who's working a, a law job, what's your business? They'll, their answer usually, will say, they'll say, well, I'm a lawyer. I'm in the law business. And he says, you know, this, this is actually the wrong answer. It's not correct. It's a confused answer. And this is one of the reasons people never become financially free because they're confused about this. He says he, he believes, later in the chapter, looking at he says um, schools create a lot of this problem because most people think that you must, your business is the same as what you study in school. So if you study cooking in school, then you become a chef, right? So you're in the cooking business. If you study law, you become a lawyer, you're in the law business, etc. But he says to become financially free, the next paragraph, if you're watching on video, it's here in blue. He says to become financially secure, which means financially safe, you know, you're, you're safe with your money, you're strong financially with your money. A person needs to mind their own business. And your business is not your profession. It's not your job. It's not what you studied in school. Your business revolves around your asset column. In other words, your business is what is inside your asset column on your, right, your financial, if you look at your financial statement. What are your assets? That's your business. Your assets are your business, not your income. Most people's basic income comes from a job, right? Lawyer, doctor, teacher, whatever. That's your income. But that's not your business. And then he, try, he explains this idea even more. So he says, financial struggle, meaning when you're fighting, you're always having financial problems. 
it's because you are working all of your life for someone else. You're working for someone else. And when you're doing that, guess what? You are working to make them rich. If you work for a company, you probably are not going to be rich. If you just get your paycheck, even if you save money, you're, you're probably never going to be rich, financially free. But you are helping the owners of the company be rich. The owners of that company, yes, they probably are rich or they will be rich. So as an employee, you are helping the owners become rich, not yourself. So you need to have a business. You need to be a business owner. That means you own assets, right? You own assets and the assets create money. We discussed assets in the last two chapters. So it's your assets. That's your business. So what he's saying is that the, now we understand the title of this chapter, Mind Your Business. He's saying you must focus on making a business with your assets, not on just your job and career. Your profession is the same word. Profession, job, career, same idea. It's like most people focus on profession, job, career, but that's not how you get rich. That's not how you become financially free. Instead, your main focus, your number one focus should be on your assets, your asset business. That's your true business, whatever your assets are. And then he gives some direct advice. He says, keep your job. So he's saying, don't quit your job. It's fine if you're a doctor, you're a lawyer, you're a teacher, you're a cook, whatever, it doesn't matter. Keep your job, but start to buy assets with your money. Start buying real assets with your money. Don't buy liabilities, which we discussed before, like a personal house and a car and all that. And don't buy just, you know, super nice clothes and, and things for fun. Not in the beginning, not until you're rich. He gives, again, he gives examples of, you know, why this doesn't work. If You've got a nice job and then you go buy a house. Well, now you have a house payment, a loan. So now you're losing money. It's taking money every month. Uh, if you buy a new car, immediately, immediately, as soon as you drive it, it loses its value, 25%, something like that. The price drops immediately. If you just drive it for five, 10 minutes after you own it, then you try to sell it again. Even though you only drove it a few miles, you cannot resell it at the same price. People will not pay for it. They, they'll say it's a used car now and you just lost a lot of the value. Plus, you, if you have a loan, you're paying money. So that's also not an asset. So he's saying, here's the formula to become rich. Keep your expenses low, which I've talked about, right? With that baseline idea. Keep your expenses low. Reduce your liabilities. Reduce them. You can't usually eliminate them, but you can reduce them. And then diligently means with a lot of effort. Build a base of solid assets, meaning buy a lot of assets. Buy a lot of assets. That's your business. The next paragraph I like quite a lot as a teacher, which is it's very important for parents to teach their children this information. The children need to learn the difference between an asset and a liability. And here's something I talked about on an audio podcast recently. Get your children to start building assets before they leave home, before they leave, you know, grow up, 
right? Before they are completely adults and independent, when they are with you, in the house still, with you, that's when they should start building assets, buying assets or creating assets. You should teach this to them. And by the time they're teenagers, they should already own assets. They should already understand this information already. They should own some assets already. They should be focused on building more assets. That this is a, like the best gift financially that you can give your child, much better than a college degree or anything like that. Okay, and then of course the, the common question people ask a lot, he answers it in the next section here, this dark section if you are watching on video. He says, what are, what's an asset? What's a real asset? And he gives some examples, the common examples. Number one, a business is an asset. And specifically a business that you do not have to work in every single day. Right? So it's, it's, it's a business that's not a job. So it's a business where in the beginning when you start it, you might have to work a lot. In fact, you probably will have to learn, work a lot, a lot, a lot. But eventually, when that business can run itself for a while, you, know, you can hire a manager, you can hire employees, or you can use software, you know, computers, to run the business while you are taking a break or on vacation or doing anything else, then it's a true asset. So businesses, a business is an asset. Stocks, stocks are an asset. A stock, stock is basically part ownership of a company. Bonds, bonds are loans, but you are loaning the money. You are loaning the money. You're loaning the money to a government or to a company usually, and then they pay you back with interest. His next example of real estate is, is real estate. Income generating real estate. That adjective is very important. Income generating means income creating. So it's real estate, you know, a house, an apartment, even land that you own that has income. So it means that it's paying you money every month or every quarter. Another example of a real asset would be royalties, royalties from intellectual property. And he gives examples. For example, music. If you write a song and it becomes popular, people buy the song or people play the song, they pay you. They pay you every time the song is played on the radio, in a movie. You get a little bit of a little payment. So, you know, a lot of uh, this is how a lot of musicians make money. You know, musicians who are now very old, you know, maybe 70 years old, like, like the Rolling Stones, right, or Paul McCartney, he's still getting money from the Beatles music. Paul McCartney is. People are still buying Beatles albums and records. And also, if, if they play a Beatles song in a movie, they pay the Beatles company, so Paul McCartney gets money still. That's called a royalty. Books have royalties. If you write a book, then you know that book can continue selling you know for years and years and years for for very long time possibly and you so you're constantly getting an income from it that's also an asset next he, he answers another common question <laughs> which is well which what kind of asset is best what kind of asset should i buy right what kind of business should i create and his answer is one i agree with he says you should uh collect or buy 
or make assets that you love. You must focus on something you love. If you don't love it, you won't take care of it. If you don't love it, you won't take care of it. And then he says, you know, for him, he really likes real estate because he says he likes looking at buildings. He likes shopping uh, for houses and apartment buildings. He likes getting, fixing them up and making them nicer. So he really enjoys the real estate business. So for Robert Kiyosaki, the writer of this book, his main business, his main asset was real estate. He would buy real estate, houses and apartments, and rent them out. And then as he made more money, he, he bought bigger and bigger buildings, and he created a large real estate business in this way. And of course, this book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, uh, has been a huge bestseller, a huge, huge, huge success. So he also makes a lot of money from this book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. He gets royalties. Every time someone buys that book, he's getting a percent. So all his books are also assets. Now, he mentions another kind of asset, which is starting your own business, to start your own company. And it's a common question, should I start my own company? And he, he says, um, you should think about this. You should really think carefully to and decide, should I start my own company or not? And he says, it's not for everybody. Not everyone should do this. Not everyone should be an entrepreneur. Not everyone should start their own company because it's very difficult. It can be very, very difficult. It takes a lot of work, a lot of energy, a lot of creativity. And some people don't like it. It's too much for them. Other people love it. So you have to decide. Is that, do you think that's something you might love? But you know, he's giving you a lot of choices. If you think, oh, I don't want to start a business. It's too much. Well, then you could do real estate, which is also a kind of business, right? You could buy houses and rent them. Or you could do stocks. You could really learn, but you have to be careful. Of all of these, you have to be careful, right? You have to learn skills for all of these. But you could learn how to uh, buy and trade stocks and, and get dividend payments from it, or bonds, or royalties. You could create, you know, you could write books or music or do other uh, patents. It's another thing. You can invent something, you know, invent something and then sell it to a company, and then they'll pay you monthly for that. Uh, lots of different ways. He says, the reason this is important is once you, once a dollar goes into your asset column, this means once you take a dollar, you have, let's say you have an extra dollar and instead of spending it on something, instead of buying something and it's gone, if instead you, you invest it, right? You buy an asset course, you'll need more than one dollar, but it's just an example. That that dollar then forever will work for you, right? This is what it means. Money starts to work for you. The best thing about money is that it works 24 hours a day and it can work for generations. Keep your day job, keep your normal job, be a hardworking employee, work hard at your job, but keep building assets. Continue to buy and build assets more and more and more and more, as much as you can. This is his advice. And he's right about this. Think about this. Let's think about the simple asset here of his book, 
this book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So he wrote the book. It was hard work probably to write that book. Okay, I can tell you it's hard work to write a book. So he, he had to do a lot of work. I don't know how many hours of work, but it was a lot probably. But here's the thing. He finally finished it, and then he sold and he started selling the book. And this was 20 or more years ago. I can't remember when this was published, but at least 20 years ago. So 20 years ago. So all the work he did 20 years ago, he's still getting paid for, this, for that work. He's still getting paid for the work of writing this book. Today, in 2018, you know, 20 years or more later, this book is still creating money for him. You can see how powerful that is as an asset. His whole life, this book will be paying him money. He did a lot of work for a, for a short time, but now he's done. He, he never has to work on this book again. He doesn't need to write the book again. Right? This book is now an asset that will keep making money for him for years and years and years. And probably for, you know, even after he dies, it's going to continue making money for someone, for his wife or someone else. I don't know if he has kids. So that's an amazing asset, right? It just keeps on working and making money, right? I bought the book. So he got money from that. I paid him. You bought the book. You gave him some more money. You know, good for him. That's great. So it's the same with uh, real estate. You buy a, a house and then you rent it out. So maybe, maybe in the beginning, you have to, it takes a while to save the money. And maybe you have to do some work to fix the house, make it nicer so you can increase the rent. But then finally you do that and you start renting the house. So now every month you get money from that house for years and years, you know, five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years later, that house is still paying you money. That asset is still paying you money, right? It's still giving you income. That's why assets are so important. Can you see the difference between that and a job? A job, you have to work right now to make the money. If you quit next month, the money stops, right? Nobody's going to pay you for not working. If you want to travel around the world for one year, imagine you want to do that. Take a round-the-world trip, big adventure. Well, your job, they're not going to pay you during that time. That's one year without a job, so no money coming from your job or your profession while you're traveling around the world. But if you have assets... While you're traveling around the world, those assets will continue to pay you money. They probably could pay for your trip. That's what's so fantastic about assets. So if you had rental real estate, for example, you have a lot of houses, you're renting them. People are paying you rent. You want to travel for a year. Well, you hire a management company. You pay a management company to take care of those houses, collect the rent, put the money into your bank account. If something breaks, the management company will fix it. And, you know, you, you can easily do this. Most people who do real estate businesses, they do that. So then you can go and you can travel around the world and the money still keeps coming in while you're having a good time, while you're swimming in the pool at the nice hotel, while you're at the beach, while you're climbing in the mountains. The assets continue to put money into your bank. A job will not. That's the big difference. 
Next, he talks about as your cash flow grows, cash flow is basically your income, as your money grows from your assets or even from better jobs. He's, he says, in the beginning, do not buy nice things. He says, this is another big difference between rich people and middle class and poor people. He says, rich people buy luxuries last, last. A luxury is something that's nice, but you don't need it. Nice, but you don't need it. Like a, a Ferrari, for example. A Ferrari is a luxury car, right? Nobody needs a Ferrari. People just want Ferraris, right? It's, they're super beautiful, nice, fast cars. If you're into cars, you know, definitely a cool car, but you don't need it, so it's a luxury. So he's saying rich people, of course, they do buy luxuries eventually, but they buy them last. They wait until they're rich. Then they buy that stuff. After they have assets, they buy the assets first. That's how people become rich. They focus on buying assets, assets, assets. They're wearing just normal clothes. They're driving old, the oldest, cheapest car possible. They're living in a super cheap place. You have no idea in the beginning that they're already getting rich. You, you have no idea. You could look at them and think, well, they don't seem rich. That's because all their extra money, they're buying more assets. They're buying more assets. They're reinvesting, investing and buying assets constantly. And then when their income from the assets finally gets really high and they have plenty of money and they're financially free, then they might move into the big house. That's when they might buy the nice car or the really nice motorcycles or whatever. And he says, the problem is the middle class and poor people, it's the opposite. They get, if they get more money from their job, they suddenly get more money. They immediately buy luxuries first. Instead of buying assets and investing, they go buy nicer clothes. They go buy a bigger house or a more expensive apartment. They go buy a nicer car. They buy jewelry, right? They, they start spending on luxuries immediately. That's the first thing they buy. But the rich people... Luxuries are the last thing they buy. Good advice. He says, the reason, why do people do this? And it's, he says, because middle class and poor people want to look rich, right? It's appearance. They want, they're trying to look rich. They're trying to appear rich. But in reality, they're just more in debt. He says, in reality, they're actually financially worse, right? Like right now, you get a little bit more money and you go buy a Ferrari, let's imagine. Unless you're already rich, you probably had to get a loan for the Ferrari. Now you have a big debt every month to pay for that Ferrari. The other thing you have to get is car insurance, and car insurance for a Ferrari is very expensive. So now, actually, your financial situation is much, 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 much worse. When you're driving around your Ferrari, lots of people might look at you, oh, that guy must be rich. That person must be rich. Look, they're driving a Ferrari. But in fact, you, maybe not. So he says the way to think about luxuries is they are a reward, a reward for becoming rich. They're a reward for investing and developing assets. The assets come first. The luxuries come at the end. And that is the end of chapter three. So it's a shorter chapter, quite simple. And he's just going into a little more detail about this 
really basic formula. And he's getting a little more specific about buying assets. And, and he also gave some good advice that if you have a job, don't quit your job, right? And I agree, you need income, you need income. In the beginning, if you don't have assets or you don't have enough assets, then if you quit your job, you have nothing, you have no income, you can't save, it's, it's a bad idea. So certainly do your job, and if you like your job, maybe you'll never quit your job. That's fine too. He's just saying that as your income comes in, you cut your expenses and you start buying these assets, the ones that he mentioned. And he gave some examples of the different kinds you can do. You know, real estate and a company, those are probably the two big ones, the two fastest ways to become more rich. I think those are the probably the two best assets. The intellectual property, the royalties, that's also a good one if you're creative. If you're more of a creative person, the royalty one is actually not a bad idea. You can invent something, or you can write, or you could I mean, you could do photography, you could do music. And you know, of course, it's very competitive. It's not easy, but you can build assets that way also. All right, why don't we go to our comments and questions about this chapter and let's see what we got. And right away we have, yes, Sukar has the comment, many are rich in appearance only. That is absolutely true. That is, uh, I don't know what the number percent would be, but there are many people who appear rich who are not really rich, not according to our, our definition from Robert Kiyosaki. In other words, they're not financially free. Uh, I've seen a lot of these kind of people where uh, they have a you know, very, very, very large house and maybe they have very expensive cars and they dress in you know, the very expensive fashions and things like that. But they are dependent, right? They're working a job, so they're making good money from the job. But if they lose the job, then the house, the car, everything gone very quickly, right? They're, they're, they, because they have no assets. They they're only have their job, their, that job income. So they're not financially free and secure. And in fact, many are actually using debt. They're using loans for all of these things. So they have this big, huge house, but they ha also have a big, big house payment every month, right? Because they have a big house loan. They didn't just buy that house for cash. No, they're, they have a huge loan on the house. And the same with the, the really expensive cars. They've got huge loans for those cars. And so this is why, you know, I saw this, by the way, growing up. I was growing up in the 80s, which was a really good economy in the United States. And uh, lots and lots and lots of people in my town, they, you know, their, their families, the, usually the husbands, the men had, were working at big, big companies, these big company jobs, and they bought these large houses and very nice cars and all these things. But then what happens is later, the economy got worse and these companies started to cut employees. A lot of these companies cut their employees to save money. And suddenly, 
these people lost their jobs and of course they tried to get new jobs but they could not get new jobs at the same level right the new jobs paid less money and so these these people who looked rich suddenly they were not making enough money to pay the house payment, the house loan. They were not making enough money to pay for those expensive cars. So they lost all of it. They lost all that stuff. And then it became obvious, well, they weren't really rich, right? Because they didn't have any assets. They didn't own any business assets of their own. It was only from the job. Okay, let's... So you do have to. So, I guess the the point of that comment would be that you know don't 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 be fooled by and don't focus on other people and their appearance of being rich or not because yeah sometimes they are rich sometimes they're very rich and they're buying these luxuries because they have lots of extra money that's fine good for them but sometimes they're not. And as the topic of this chapter, mind your own business, it means focus on yourself. Don't worry about whether someone's rich or not rich or what they're doing. It doesn't affect you at all. It has nothing to do with you. You don't need to appear rich. You want to be rich, okay? It's much better to be rich than to appear rich. Appearing rich can be very stressful because your real financial situation is actually quite stressful. When you're really rich, you know, a lot of people who are really rich really don't care about that stuff some do some don't but the main thing is you're not stressed okay you're not worried and stressed all the time okay fernanda from brazil hello fernanda again good morning from brazil i'll be sure to buy assets assets this book is changing my mind my life fantastic i hope so that's why i recommended this book as our next book club book because I think uh, this is important information. It's, it's, it's at a very you know, big level, big philosophical level, but these beliefs, changing these beliefs and the, these ideas, it can change your life because uh, he's right. So many of us, we don't understand the difference between these two and therefore we become dependent on our jobs. It's not that jobs are bad. Some people, I probably most people like working jobs and he's, he's, as he explained in this chapter, uh, some people love starting businesses like I do, but some people are not. It's just not for them. And that's okay. That's okay. But you, even working a job and keeping your normal job, I mean, even if you don't have a job, even if you're at home, like if you're a, uh, a wife at home taking care of your kids and your husband's making money, well, same idea. doesn't matter. You both can learn investing and buying assets together. You know, it's, it's uh, this, focus your energy on that. You know, your, your job pays for your business, right? You're taking that extra money from your job and you're buying assets. Your job is making you rich. That's how your job makes you rich. Not by just getting the money, but by taking that money from your paycheck and buying assets with it. Then your job makes you more financially free. And see, the nice thing about that, too, a good benefit of that, as you become more financially free, your job, in my experience, your job becomes less stressful and more enjoyable. Because uh, 
you don't you realize as, as you have more and more assets or as your expenses drop lower and lower and lower your financial stress goes down and you realize uh, you're not stressed about losing the job so much doesn't you're not afraid to lose the job maybe you don't want to lose it maybe you like it but you're not afraid to lose it and when you lose the fear the job becomes much more enjoyable you actually might do a better better work because you'll be so much more confident at work. You won't be afraid of your boss anymore. If your boss treats you badly, you just say, well, bye, see you. I don't need you. So you become much more fearless at work. It's a good feeling. Someone's asking about my uh, business lessons, which uh, you've got some effortless business lessons. They were called Business English Conversations. Are they as valuable as this book is? Should we follow it? Well, th actually, the, that course is retired right now. I did that course with my dad, with my father, and uh, he has retired the course because he, he retired from business. He's done working now, so the course is not available so I'll be doing business English topics just on the podcast, I think, on the show. Just keep watching or listening. Yes, Adam has a good comment. Most people miscalculate that the more your income increases, the more your expenses increase as well, which should not be exactly right. Exactly. And, and that uh, Robert Kiyosaki really focused on that in chapter two a lot, that this is one of the big mistakes people make, most people, is that they get more money, they immediately start to spend more money. So maybe they're in the beginning, they're young, they're kind of poor, they make $500 a month. They spend $500 a month. Then they get a better job. Now they make $1,000 a month. What do they do? They spend $1,000 a month. And then they get a few years later, they get a better job. Now they're making 2000 a month. What do they do? Of course, they spend 2000 a month. Then they get 3000 a month and they spend 3000 a month. And the expense, the, you know, the expenses always match the income. And this is why people never become free because as soon as they get more money, they spend more. Not on assets, not buying assets, not investing. They just on expenses or on liabilities. That's why they're in the rat race, you know, that he calls it. It's, it's a common phrase, rat race, right? It's just like they never escape financially to become free because, you know, they, they, even if they get a super good job, you know, I, I, again, I saw this growing up a lot. People, maybe they're making $10,000 a month. That seems like a lot of money, but what do they do? They spend $10,000 a month. They're really no, not financially free. And even they're making a lot, they have a high income, which of course is nice. It's better than low income for sure. But uh, they're still not financially free because they're making 10000 a month and they're still spending 10000 a month, which means if they lose their job, everything's gone, right? Everything's immediately gone. So what's the smart thing to do? You're young and you're poor. It's normal. Don't worry about it. Don't get stressed about it. You're making 500 a month. You get a you, you finally get a better job. Now you're making a thousand a month. What should you do? Don't spend any more money. Stay in your same cheap, probably ugly, dirty apartment. Stay in there. 
I know it doesn't seem fun, but you're already living there, so you, you can handle it. So stay there. Don't spend any more money. Now you have an extra 500 a month. What do you do with that money? You save it, then you buy assets. You buy an asset of some kind. It might be stocks. It might be you start a business, a small business, a side business. It might be you start saving to and go in to start doing a real estate business of some kind. Something, right? You're going to buy assets with that. Then later, you, you get a better job. Now you're making a thousand a month. What do you do? You don't spend more money. Now you've got an extra thousand dollars every month compared to where you started. That's a thousand dollars every month you can use on assets to buy assets. Now you can really start buying assets much faster now because now you have a good amount every month of extra money to invest to buy assets. This you know, people oh that's hard oh, it's not you can handle it okay it's much it seems like in the beginning it's tougher right because you want to just go get a better place and start having fun in the beginning but the problem is you pay for it later if you will have patience in the beginning then later you know ten years later you're going to be in a fantastic situation and the rest of your life is going to be fantastic so. It's better to be patient in the beginning and just live, I would say live lean. It means, you know, live very, very cheaply, simply until you have the extra money. Then you can have fun and enjoy it, but you got to be patient. People want it too fast. Yeah, to summarize, Valdenizio says, first step, hard working. Second step, save money. Yes. Third step, buy assets. You want the three steps very, very simply stated. First step, work hard. I agree. Second step, save money. Yes. And then the third step, when you have enough, buy an asset. And then repeat. Repeat these three steps forever. So here's a good common question. What can I do to be rich? I don't have any money to start. Well, if you have no money at all, which means you have zero income, get a job. Get a job. I mean, it's obvious, but you, you need income, right? To do it from nothing, you need, an in, you need some income, right? Even to start, I mean, I started my business very, very, very cheaply, but I still had to have at least a little bit of money you know, a few hundred dollars. So if you really have zero money at all, you need to get a job. You need some kind of income. Or, or if you could start a little small business, like really small and just with nothing. It could be a service business, for example, where you, I don't know, clean people's houses, right? You go knock on people's doors. I'll clean your house if you pay me $20, something like that. And now you have a little business and now you have an income. So you have to get an income somehow. You have to have some kind of income. Once you have an income, that's that's the step one, right? Work hard. Then what do you do? Well, you cut your expenses super low and you save your extra money. And then step three, you buy the assets. Okay. 
Reading through the comments again. Yeah, so uh, I'm sorry if I pronounced your name incorrectly. Lisian, Lisiane. Uh, hi, Jay. Here in Brazil, people are used and worried about appearing rich. I agree with you. It's a bad thing. Yeah, it's not just Brazil. It's everywhere in the world uh, because it's <laughs> I'm thinking of a, a, an old comedy show in America uh, but that had uh, kind of about this topic. But the basic thing is it's much easier to look rich than to really be rich. It's very easy to look rich. OK, you can buy, you know, a few clothes that look really nice. You can use a credit card for that. You could get loans, right, to, to buy a car that looks really nice. So you would appear rich, but if we look at your bank statements and your financial statements, we would quickly see, ah, uh, no, you're not rich at all. <laughs> you're not in good shape. You're, it's not a good financial situation. This is why, you know, Robert Kiyosaki talks about the financial statement. Your financial statement is it's like your balance sheet and your financial statement, right? It's income, expenses, assets, liabilities. That's the financial statement. Those four things. What is your income or in different sources of income? You might have more than one. What are your expenses, the money going out? And then what do you own? Liabilities and assets. And when you look at that whole picture, that's how you know if someone is rich or not. You have to look at that. It's not by appearance. It's easy to appear rich. It's not so easy to be rich. It's certainly more difficult. Okay, so we got another book club recommendation for the third book. Hi from Yangon, Myanmar. I liked Animal Farm very much. That was our first book for our book club. And this book too, would, how about Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill? Put it on your list. Yes, I will put it on the list. A few people have recommended that book, Think and Grow Rich. Add it to our list. We've got a long list now of possible books for our book club. Okay, now this is a see. This is a common question, which I, which Robert Kiyosaki already mentioned. What kind of assets are good to buy? And uh, this is where this is the hard part. Okay, so Robert Kiyosaki, you have to understand. So what this book by Robert Kiyosaki is sort of a at the we call it the big picture, right? It's at the, it's at a high level. It's giving you the it's general. It's giving you the big general idea. What this book is not going to do is tell you exactly what to buy and how to do it. He's not going to tell you which stocks to buy at what price. He's not going to tell you exactly how to buy a house and fix it up and what location and how to get the loan and then how to make money from it. You're not going to get all those details. He's not going to tell you how to start a business and do the marketing and create your product or your service and sales and all of that. He's not, this, this book is not about that. So that's the next step. Your question, what type of assets are good to buy? Um, well, they're all good, but they all require skill. 
Okay, you have to learn more. So in the, in the asset buying, that's why he recommended, and I, I agree with him, to actually focus on just one kind of asset in the beginning. Because each kind of asset requires a lot of learning. Okay, a lot of learning, a lot of skills. To start your own business, that's a, that's a big thing, okay? To start your own company, even a small side business. It's a lot of work, and there's many, 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 many things to learn, okay? You will need a few years to really learn how to start and keep and grow a successful business. And it's the same for real estate, okay? Learning about all the laws of buying real estate and renting it. How do you find a, a place in... You know that's a good location to rent out so you make money uh, how do you find a place that's a good price how do you know if the house or the apartment is a good price is the price high or the price low are you getting a good deal or a bad deal how do you know how to fix it and then get more money and charge more rent how do you manage it right there are a lot of things to learn with real estate so you've got to learn all of those things. You're going to have to read a lot more books, maybe take some courses. And then, of course, you're just going to do it also and start small in the beginning. And you're going to learn by doing. And you'll make some mistakes. For sure you will. But you'll get better and better as you go. It's the same with stocks, right? Some people get do very well trading and investing in stocks. But again, it's very, very tough. It's not... There are lots of skills to learn, and even I'd say right now, it's it's quite high risk. Although it's also high reward, but you gotta not only learn you know what to buy at what price, when, and how to read the market or or read what companies are doing, and also follow what governments are doing, and then you also have to know how to invest to cover yourself. So if if the market crashes, how do you protect yourself? That's super important. You don't just buy and hope, right? Good investors don't do that. They, they have plans to protect themselves. So if the market crashes, they're still going to survive. So again, that's a lot to learn. So it's too much to try to learn all of those things at the same time. So you got to, this is why he says, you know, pick one that you love. I agree with him. Pick one that you think is very interesting. For Robert Kiyosaki, for him, it was real estate. He loved real estate, buildings, all of that stuff. So he was really interested in it. He thought it was fun. So real estate was the best asset for him. For me, it's not. I don't like real estate. I don't care about that. I don't really, I never have cared about it. The, the process of buying a house to me seems really complicated and um, just not interested in it. Zero interest for that. So I don't invest in real estate. For me, it's businesses. I like starting businesses. I'm an entrepreneur. Effortless English is my main business and have, you know, a couple others and I have some other assets like royalties from my book, things like that. The kind of, I like the, because for me, it's more creative. So I like the, the more creative types of things, which are more like royalties and business. So that's, those are the kind of assets that are best for me. They might not be best for you. I don't know. And for other people, people especially who are really into looking at charts and looking at the math and patterns and, you know, this very analytical thinking and, and um, they can often really enjoy doing stocks and bonds and financial type investing. So you have to know yourself, right? That's the key thing. You have to know yourself. Which of those 
fits you best? Which of those are you attracted to? And then once you pick one area of assets, then you've got, you've got to start learning, 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 and practicing. And you, so do, you don't just suddenly put huge amounts of money into something in the beginning when you don't know anything. That's, that's foolish, right? You start with small amounts. You learn as much as you can before. Then you invest or you start with a small amount, and then you learn. This is one reason I like businesses also, because if, if you do it correctly, you can start a business with basically no risk at all, it, just your time. So I was able to learn quite fast without risking much money. And related, Fernanda is asking, do you think being an entrepreneur is a natural gift? I, you know, I, I used to think everyone could be an entrepreneur, but now I'm changed my mind after having some experiences <laughs> with this. I think it is a, uh, there's a certain, you can, you can learn it, but I think there is a certain, certain types of personalities do better with it. You, the main thing is you have to be willing to deal with uncertainty. You have to actually even enjoy it, right? You have to enjoy the uncertainty and you have to enjoy it like a game. You have to see it as a game and enjoy the, the creativity of it. The creativity and the uncertainty go together. Now, for, for a lot of people, the uncertainty is terrifying and stressful. Um, it, it's stressful for everybody. It's stressful for me sometimes, but, but I love the creativity and flexibility of it. Um, but some people don't. Some people like, like I said, I mentioned the other two. Um, so you just got to find which one fits you better. There's not a right answer. There's not a wrong answer. It's just which one fits you. Okay, here's a question. Jamal. Hey, Jamal. Um, from Morocco. I'd like to start a business, but I don't know how to hire people helping me. Yeah, it's a challenge. Can you show me what to do for that? Uh, what is it? What's the name of the book? Brad Smart. Smart, 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 smart. There's a guy named, I think his name is Brad Smart. Uh, let me look up on my computer, actually, and see. There, there's a good book I was going to recommend to you about how to interview people and uh, hire people well. Top grading. Ha ha! So that's it. Yes, his name is Brad Smart, and it's called Top Grading. Is that his company? I think it's his company name, but I think he has a book about this. Top Grading. Top Grading. Uh, maybe you can. I'll share my screen. One second. If you're watching, you can see it on here. Top Grading. Uh, right here below my video. Right there. Uh, so here I'm moving my little cursor on here. You can hopefully see it on your screen if you're watching. If you're listening, it's top grading. And the man's name is Brad Smart. So he wrote a book and he's got a whole company about this topic. Now, I'm actually not a good person to give you advice on this because I have designed my company <laughs> so I don't have to have employees. I specifically did not want to deal with that. I, I know myself and I don't manage people well. You know, like kind of like bigger picture, 
leadership I quite enjoy, but like this everyday management telling people what to do, checking to see if they did their work, I hate that. So I didn't want to do that, so I designed my business to have no employees. I don't have any. I use uh, freelancers, independent people, even Peter, who helps with my customer service, he's uh, independent. He's not a, an official employee. So you can design your business. It, I, it depends on your business. I don't know what type of business, Jamal, you want to start. Some businesses definitely require employees. Things like uh, you know, restaurants often require employees. Although, you know, a lot of restaurants are started by families. And it, just the family members work there in the beginning. So often when you first start, if, if, you, if you can avoid employees, do it. That's my best advice. I know some businesses require, you have to hire some people. I know in the beginning you have to do it. But I, my best advice to you is avoid employees for a while in the beginning. Try to do it yourself with you and maybe family members in the beginning. If you can, if you can. Now, like I said, something like a restaurant definitely requires more than one person. You have to have someone cooking. You have to have someone serving right? That's at least two. <laughs> um, so then, like I said, Brad Smart, top grading, is he has good advice. That's what he focuses on. So read his books, read his reports. You might even contact him for advice. He can give you better advice than I. Uh, waiting for oh, waiting for you to do more business podcasts. Mayans, hello again. We won't find someone better than you to give advice because you have an example of business success. Yes, I am one example of business success. But there, this is one thing I love about business. See, it's it's creative, and there are many many ways to do it. So, what's cool about being an entrepreneur is that you can make it fit you and what you want. Right? There are many different kinds of entrepreneurs. I mean, there are people who start or build huge companies like you know, Steve Jobs, billion-dollar companies. That guy was a natural entrepreneur, but the kind of entrepreneur he wanted to be was you know, technology and large, large companies, Apple and Pixar, which is really cool, right? But um, it's not what I wanted. I want the complete opposite, <laughs> just me. Just me, super simple. So that's also possible. It's also possible to do it as a family, to have family businesses like I just mentioned. So there's, a, there's so many ways to do it, which is really great. So when you start a business, you should think about this. Think about your life. Think about your goals. Think about what kind of life you want and what you want to create. Think about what you enjoy, the kind of work environment you like. And then build the business that will create that. Right? Don't... If you... If you're kind of a quiet person, you don't like working with a lot of people, don't build a big business. That's crazy. You'll be very unhappy. You'll become a prisoner of your own business. On the other hand, I'll give you an example. My friend Joe Weiss from LearnRealEnglish.com. He's a super social person, and he found that you know, running an internet business was a little, he didn't like it so much because it was, he felt like too isolating, right? It's, it was too small and he missed, he missed his job. He missed going to an office and, and, you know, being around lots of people that he could connect with and talk to every day. He really missed that. 
And for me, it's the opposite. I don't miss it at all. I love just being on my own. So my point is, you know, you don't have to do it like me. If you do decide to start a business, uh, you know, I can give you general advice and I will and try to encourage you definitely. But you, you know, you don't have to do everything exactly like I did it because there are many different kinds of businesses and many ways to build those businesses. Here's a good question what, um, from Cardo. What business is good to start nowadays? I think you should just start. You've got to. You've got to. It's got to do two things. <laughs> Number one, the test of Robert Kiyosaki. You should love it. You should, you should really like doing it. It does not need to be your number one thing in life. That, that's not necessary. But you should at least really like it because you'll be doing it a lot. You're going to be working very hard, especially in the beginning. So if you hate it, then what's the point, right? Why do it? The second is it should solve some problem, right? It should be useful <laughs> to people. If it's not useful, if it doesn't solve problems for people, then nobody's going to give you money. Now, the problem they might solve is people is people are stressed and they just want entertainment. So that can be a big business, like, you know, big movies, right? What are they doing? They're just entertaining. They're making you feel good. They're making you feel good. People are kind of stressed. People are tired. They just want to feel good and relax. So TV show, movies, that's a business. Now, for small businesses, I, th I think the thing to do is to look at your own life Look at the problems that you have in life that you wish someone would solve or look around you at general problems and find a problem you could solve for other people. That's the way you start a business. I think that's better instead of trying to pick like what industry is hot right now because that changes all the time. Uh, Luxman says, please visit Nepal again. I'd love to. Good place. Hmm. Okay, so, well, I just answered this question. So it's a similar question from Hamza. Uh, how can I find a great idea to start my own business? So there it is. Now, let me tell you, let's talk about this, actually. I want to talk more about this. So I just mentioned how you find the ideas, right? You, you, um, you look at things you like to do. That's number one topics you like, things you like to do. And then number two, you, you've got to solve. Solving a problem is really the best way. Some kind of problem. Like what problem does effortless English solve? Well, your problem is you want to speak English fluently and you're, you're struggling and you have the, uh, the, the frustration of not speaking fluently and the frustration of all the bad old methods, right? So another way to put it instead of solve a problem is how can you help people achieve some goal, right? Help people achieve goals. Help people get what they want. What do people want? Well, people want lots and lots and lots and lots of things. So pick one thing that a lot of people want and help them get it. That can, and that can be anything. So many things, right? Like I said, it could be cleaning someone's house. People want to clean house. Uh, they're busy. They're working. So you, clean, so you could start a house cleaning business. That's a business, right? I mean, there, there are just 
millions probably of ideas thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of possible ideas so that's why i can't say oh do this one because you just got to look around you you start looking around you for problems to solve for uh, helping people achieve goals or get what they want or make their life easier in some way and suddenly you'll start finding lots and lots and lots of things you can look at your own life what frustrates you in your life what and help other people you know, get over that, get, achieve that, uh, solve that. But the second thing, the reason I want to, I pulled this up because he says, um, find a great idea to start my business. I want to talk about this, this thing about ideas because um, this is a common thought I notice, people who are thinking about starting a business. A lot of people think the idea is the most important thing. And they are wrong, wrong, wrong. I mean, yes, you need, like I said, you need at least a, an idea that is useful. You need to do something useful. That, that's the basic requirement of a job, I mean, of a, a business. It has to be useful to enough people. People have to be willing to pay you money to do it. But it does not need to be some super incredible idea, okay? You could clean toilets as a business. It's not, it's not super creative, but, you know, when people have their toilet stops, do they want someone to come fix it? Yes, they're called plumbers. People build businesses being plumbers, and they make good money. Some people become very rich as plumbers with plumbing businesses, and they hire lots of plumbers working for them, and they become very, very rich, right? So it doesn't, it doesn't have to be some, like, developing some super app. <laughs> right or the newest tech company it does not have to be that it can be something very 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 basic so it's not the idea that's really the key thing it's doing it it's not what it's how it's how you do it right this is the key thing it's doing it in a really great way so that your service or your product is fantastic it's learning marketing and sales so people know about you so that you build your business and grow your business and lots and lots and lots of people hear about you and try your business and they're happy with your business and then they tell other people it's advertising and understanding how to make money from advertising not lose money from advertising it's these basic skills of business that's what decides success or failure not the super cool idea so focus much less on the super cool idea and focus a lot more on those basic business skills, marketing, sales, service, your product, advertising. That's the key. That's what will give you a successful business or not. You don't need some super fantastic creative idea. Not necessary. In fact, usually bad idea, <laughs> okay? I, I think that Silicon Valley is really um, teaching a lot of bad habits to people. People think, they look at an example like Amazon and, oh, look how much money they're making. Yeah, but you have to understand, Amazon lost money for something like 10 or more years, maybe more than that. How did they survive? Only because some very, very, very rich people, bankers, gave Amazon huge amounts of money every year probably 
Wall Street bankers are not going to give you huge amounts of money, okay? So you cannot follow the Facebook business plan. <laughs> you cannot follow the Amazon business plan. It will not work for you as a small business, okay? So you have to build a business that will start to make money very quickly, right? That's not going to lose money for a long time. So that's more of these basic skills and that's how you do it. Okay, going back to our questions and comments. Just going through here. All right. Okay, lots of people want to... Hey, if you want to practice English, you should just contact me on Twitter. I'll retweet to my followers. Yeah, that's right. Edson is, is summarizing here, but basically saying, Rich Dad Poor Dad gives you the main ideas of financial success, but the more specific details of your own business depends on you. That's right. You're still going to have, you know, it's the starting point. Rich Dad Poor Dad is the starting point, and then you, then you decide what area of assets are you focused on, real estate, stocks, starting your own business. And then from there, you have a lot more skills to learn. So you're going to need to read more books and watch more videos and get more experience. Jitendra with a common question. How can I start my business? I'm afraid to start. Well, my question is then why? Nothing to fear. There's no fear. If you're smart about it, it, it means you don't don't risk a huge amount of money when you start a business. Start a small business. Start a part-time business. Start it with a small amount of money and then slowly grow it. When you do that, there's nothing to be afraid of. What's the If the worst happens, then you, it, the business fails. But because you didn't risk a huge amount of money, yeah, you might lose a little money, but you'll be okay. Right? You'll be okay, so there's really nothing to fear. I mean, the only fear would be if you start a business with a huge amount of money. That's why I don't recommend that. Uh, you know, some people, for example, in San Francisco, some people will try to start a, a restaurant, a new restaurant in San Francisco. And they, they try to start a new restaurant in San Francisco and they have no restaurant experience, no restaurant business experience. They have no entrepreneur experience they've only had a like an office job before and then they try to start a, a, a like a big restaurant in san francisco which is very expensive so they get huge loans and they have to hire all these staff that is a huge super high risk business most of them fail most fail that's, a, that's something to be afraid. I would be terrified to do that. I would not do that. I still wouldn't do it. It's too much money to risk without any experience. Um, so, I would, so don't do that. Don't do that. If you do that, yes, you will be terrified. But that's a bad, bad, bad idea. You're just gambling all your savings on something that you really don't know anything about, right? Your, your, your first business is... You're mostly learning. You're going to make a lot of mistakes. So make the mistakes with small amounts of money. 
then it's not so stressful. So, you know, Effortless English, I started with like two or three hundred dollars, right? Very low. And I had a job already. So I was working a job part time. And then I started my business. So if the, if the business failed, then I lost three hundred dollars, let's say. No big deal, you know. Okay, I mean, yeah, it's, it would suck. Oh, that sucks. But I still had a job. I wouldn't starve. We could still stay in our same apartment. So it really wasn't that scary, right? That's how you do it. That's how you do it. You got to limit your risks, and especially the first time in the beginning, when you really don't know what you're doing. So you have this learning time. That's how you avoid the, that fear, or a lot of the fear. You still, the other fear people have is the fear of other people's opinions. And that one, you just have to get over it. You should go past it. It doesn't matter what other people think. People, oh, if I fail, my mom and dad will be upset, or I don't know, my friends won't, will laugh. Or, that's just ridiculous, and you just have to get over it. You just have to go past it. It doesn't matter what they think. And the truth is, they probably don't really care. <laughs> uh, or, but, you know. Even if they do, it doesn't matter. I think we're about finished. Oh, okay. All right. Ruslan with a, a question about Plato. That seems like a good last question. Plato, going back to the Greek philosophers. Do you agree with Plato saying people are born with bronze, brass, silver, and gold inside? It's not possible to change. In other words, what Plato was saying, if you're poor, you're poor. If you're rich, you're rich. You're always going to be rich. Um, no, I don't agree with him at all. I think at the time Plato wrote that, it was probably true because uh although i mean not 100 percent true but it was more true when he wrote that because i'm guessing i don't that greek society was more um sort of stable you know so the rich stayed rich and in a way the rich do stay rich as robert kiyosaki's teaching us but i don't think it's because of something inside they're born with i think it's this knowledge that they right the rich teach their children these ideas and the middle class and the poor don't. So if you're born middle class and you never learn these ideas, guess what? You just repeat what your parents did. So you also, you get a little more, you, you, your income and expenses always match each other and you also stay middle class your whole life. Or if, if you're foolish, then you, become, you can even go from middle class and you go downwards. So that's the problem. Whereas people who are rich, I think a lot more rich parents teach their kids these ideas. They teach their kids to invest. They teach their kids to manage businesses. They teach their kids about money and how to think about money and how to use money. And that's why the kids are more likely to stay rich. As he said, it's, it's, it's more about keeping the money. That's what makes you rich is keeping the money. It's not just getting it. It's keeping it. A lot of people get lots of money, but they don't keep it. You know, we always use the, the example of actors and famous sports people. They get lots of money, but then they lose it. They also lose lots of money. So they get money, but they, they lose it. They don't keep it. So I think that it's really more about the knowledge and the skills. Um, 
I think that's the key thing. Uh, this is why it's important to teach your kids this stuff, right? So that even as you're doing it, train your children. Have them learn with you. So then it just for them, it just becomes natural, right? They, they just think assets, liabilities, income, expenses. These are just natural thoughts and ideas they have from a young age. They seem completely normal to them. This idea that, oh, yeah, okay, I'm going to take my extra money and buy assets and build assets and own assets and that the assets are going to make more money and then I'm going to buy even more assets. You train your kids at a young age, you know, by the time they're teenagers, this is all automatic for them. This is just seems natural, completely natural to them. And then they're much, much more likely to be financially free at a young age. So I, I think it's a great idea to, to teach children about this. I wish, you know, we should teach children about money. Money is important in our modern society. We shouldn't avoid the topic because it is important. So it's, it will not solve all your problems. It's not the key to complete happiness. No, it's not. But, but it is an important part of life. We spend a lot of our lives and a lot of hours <laughs> focused on making money or keeping money. So we should do it skillfully. All right, guys. That's it. I hope you have enjoyed today's show, Effortless English Club Book Club. Chapter 3 of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Next week, we will do Chapter 4. All right. Well, thank you also for everyone who joined live. I appreciate you giving me your comments and your questions. So as always, you know, on Twitter, you can ask me questions directly. AJ Hogue on Twitter. A-J-H-O-G-E. That's my Twitter. Send me a tweet. Ask me a question or give a comment. Also, I'm on Instagram now. On Instagram, I'm Effortless English Club. Effortless English Club on Instagram. All right. Have a great day. As always, go to EffortlessEnglishClub.com. Join my VIP program at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. See you next time.